Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Our scripture reading this morning is from Psalm 31. Let's listen together to the psalmist's words. In you, O Lord, I seek refuge. Do not let me ever be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me speedily. Be a strong refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. You are indeed my rock and my fortress. For your namesake, lead me and guide me. Take me out of the net that is hidden for me. For you are my refuge. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and persecutors. Let your face shine upon your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. Well, happy Mother's Day. This week in Mother's Day, I thought about the great line from the John Bryan song where he said, If I came home... Would you let me in, fry me some pork chops, and forgive my sin? The title of that song is Boundless Love, and I am one of the fortunate ones who grew up in a home of boundless love. I give thanks to my mother this day and for all of the women in our lives who have nurtured us and shaped us and love us. So happy Mother's Day to you. A few weeks ago, early morning, Uh, It was not even Mother's Day, but I brought Melissa a cup of coffee on the sofa. She was fiddling with the remote control. It was just a few minutes before the Today Show was to start. Uh, I brought her our coffee. I said, "How, how did you sleep? She said, I slept fine, but I had weird dreams again last night, vivid, strange dreams. And I said, I had strange dreams last night. No kidding, just about that time, in the preview for the upcoming segment on the Today Show, the announcer said, so why is everybody having more and stranger dreams lately? We will discuss in our next half-hour programming. We looked around the house for cameras. It was a little unnerving. Of course, dreams and other new occurrences are happening As we're all trying to adjust to these altered rhythms and realities, we're in this distress related to health and finance. Our schedules are so bonkers and disrupted, we don't even know what day it is half the time. It doesn't help that I'm preaching this sermon on Friday morning to be heard on Sunday. I saw a Facebook post from a high school friend Last week, she said, home isolation has its ups and downs. One day, you're flying high, cleaning the baseboards with a Q-tip, 
and the next day you're drinking from the blender and watching squirrels out the window. There's no in-between. My new COVID addition is I've started to fidget. Uh, Well, in addition to the gray beard, which is new, I have picked up a kind of anxious habit. I rub my hands. I, I, I find myself wondering, something feels, why am I home at 4.30 in the afternoon? This isn't right. Things feel scattered to me. And in the meantime, I've rubbed calluses on my hands. Psalm 31 has a similar feel to it. It's a lament psalm, a psalm of complaint, which by itself seems appropriate enough to our current reality. But also, this psalm has no logical or literary order to it. There's a whole collection of lament psalms in the Scripture, and most follow a structure, a common literary pattern, but not this one. This one's just all over the place. Distress will do that. The form of this psalm or the lack of form of this psalm made me think about that post uh, that I read from my friend earlier, cleaning baseboards with a toothbrush and then the next day watching squirrels out the window. The psalm is written like so many of us feel right now, just scattered and pleading where things are just not quite right. Well, at least many of us feel scattered and pleading on the inside, whether or not we talk about it. On the news last week, I saw a report about healthcare professionals and the stigma of healthcare professionals that, that they feel about reaching out for help for themselves. Too many think they have to be the strong ones, they have to be the caregiver, and they are reluctant to reach out for care for themselves. Others of you have children at home. You don't want them to see your anxiety, so you just kind of keep that stuffed in, bottled in. But, But still others may think that pleading and fretful prayers are somehow unfaithful, that that it's not okay to rage. Well, the lament psalms give us permission and a language for those prayers. They they show us, they model for us this crying out to God, in you, O Lord, I seek refuge. Do not let me ever be put to shame in your righteousness. Deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me speedily. I appreciated the article I read uh, recently titled, I'll Get to Hope, For Now I Want to Sit in the Ashes and Mourn. Here's a line from Susan Shaw's very good article. She says, I think sometimes Christians believe that it's not okay for us to mourn and be furious. We're supposed to be positive and optimistic, to live in the hope of resurrection. But even Jesus grieved at Gethsemane and on the cross. 
We gloss over that sometimes. Lament does have its place in the life of the Christian. I once worked with a guy who spent something like eight years to finish his Ph.D., when he finally finished his Ph.D., he sunk into a really deep depression. It was a depression I had not seen before. Uh, I was told that it's akin to a postpartum depression. He'd given so much energy to this schedule, so much energy to this degree program and the promised completion of it. And then at the other side of that, he was utterly depressed. One day, when he was trying to explain this depression to me, He said, Doc, there is one upside. The Psalms are really making sense to me right now. He said, I'm reading the Psalms and I'm finding language for what I'm feeling. And I've determined that the psalmists were the blues artists of ancient Israel. Earlier in this service, we sang one of the great hymns of our faith. It's not a blues song at all but a song of confidence, a mighty fortress is our God. It's one of of my favorites, and you probably picked up that that image came from this psalm. But notice the difference. The, The hymn stands tall and declares, a mighty fortress is our God. But the psalm doesn't start there. The psalmist is bent over saying, be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. Our scripture is first a plea, a plea for help before it is a hymn of faith. And it shows no lack of faith to offer our pleas to God The psalmist says, deliver me from the hand of my enemies and my persecutors. Let your face shine upon your servant. I mentioned that my mother embodied God's love for me when I was a child, okay, and an adult. In times of great distress, I wanted her comfort. I wanted an embodied love And it strikes me that this prayer, this psalm, longs for a bodied presence as well. The psalmist says, incline your ear to me. Into your hand I commit my spirit. Let your face shine upon your servant. When things are spinning, we want a face and a hand, a lap and a hug. We yearn for touch and intimacy, which makes this time of separation even more poignant because we want to hold and be held, and we're forced apart. Of course, God does not have a face. God is spirit and truth. God does not have an ear or a hand or a face but we long for it to be true. So the poet psalmist gives God 
ordinary fleshed features to comfort us with. Incline your ear. We pray in distress because we're pleading that God would hear us. Incline your ear. Into your hand I commit my spirit. Into a hand that's capable of work, of function, of deliverance, of making a difference. Let your face shine on me. The Hebrew word for face meaning presence. Your whole being That's what we're yearning for, the face, the presence, the fullness of God's intimate care. During this season, I thought a lot about the people lying in a hospital bed with no friends or family allowed to be with them. Can you imagine in the fear of a hospital room having no loved one around you? So the prayer I've been offering for them is this, God, let your face shine on them. Be as present in their crisis as if your face were there. We want a face in our fear. On January 28, 1986, President Ronald Reagan spoke to the nation following the disaster of the NASA Challenger explosion. You might remember that at the end of that speech, he quoted a line from the poem High Flight. Slip the surly bonds of earth and touched the face of God. See, here's another poet like the psalmist giving God a face because we want a face. The psalm is lament complaint. But did you notice that it opens and closes in confidence? God can handle our confusion, our anger, our pleas, but notice that the psalmist begins and ends in faith. The opening line, in you, O Lord, I seek refuge. The reading ends, save me in your steadfast love. Showing our vulnerability and confusion to a loving parent never changes the love. Instead, it's an act of confidence that the relationship is a safe place to take refuge. God is our safe place. Not just to take shelter, but also a safe place to rage about any fear without the fear that the relationship might be damaged. But what about the spiritual orphan? What about those who have no relationship with God, no safe place to offer their pain, confusion, questions, no place to tie their hope? When the wind is howling. Well, in a way, the presence of God is a two sided coin. As as we're praying for God's ear and hand and face to be with us in distress, what about those who have 
no relationship to call on and take refuge in. Well, for better or worse, what others know about the love of God in Christ, they will see modeled in us. In the 16th century, Teresa of Avila reminded the church that Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth, but yours. Yours are the eyes through which Christ looks compassion into the world. Yours are the feet with which Christ walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which Christ blesses the world. How are we doing? How are we doing at being the ears and hands and face of God to those who have no loving parent to call on in distress? Yours are the eyes through which Christ looks compassion into the world. So in our own lament, we pray and plead and get some of this steadfast love for ourselves, but let us not forget to give some of it away too. This week, we learned that one in three Georgia workers has applied for unemployment. More than a quarter million people have died worldwide because of this virus. Generational family businesses are closing. People will miss miss their rent payment because the unemployment check hasn't come yet. So please do not offer up some cutesy line you read off of an apron at the Cracker Barrel. There is a wide difference between the cliché, the veneer of piety, and what we see modeled in today's psalm. The psalmist is pleading, vulnerable, searching, unsure, but his distress is bracketed by lines of muscular confidence that God has got this. I'm swimming, confused, cleaning baseboards and watching squirrels and wondering. And, but the psalm, ending, the psalm reading ends, In you, O Lord, I seek refuge. Save me in your steadfast love. We are saved and sustained by the steadfast love of God. When things are really bad, we say it. God can handle it. But the lament is bookended by confidence. How do we model the confidence of steadfast love? The rest of the culture is trembling too. They need to see us confused and pleading, but inside the sure, steady love of God. They need to see what a difference the life of faith makes. They need to see in you a transformed life that trusts. 
trusting that the presence of God's face will be enough to see us through. The face of God is enough. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.